Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Detoxification, the Fountain of True and Eternal Health podcast, a podcast about detoxification, nutrition, health, wellness, and the healthy lifestyle. Each week, we'll be discussing how detoxification can clean out the body from the inside out at cellular level and how it supports the body on the path to healing and optimal, vibrant, vital health. On the show, we believe in natural approaches and natural medicine. Natural medicine has been around for thousands of years. We don't subscribe to the use of pharmaceuticals, chemical medicines, or the treatment-based approaches such as burning, radiating, or the removal of organs or tissue. The show is hosted by moi, Simone Gisandi. I'm a holistic nutritionist and regenerative detoxification specialist, and this show is designed to educate and empower my listeners from all walks of life on how to take charge of health, and how to truly become alive again, all through detoxification. At the end of each episode, I promise you all that you'll walk away with some tips, some tools, and some strategies that you could start incorporating into your life immediately so that you can embark on that journey to vitality and a disease-free life. I really hope you'll join me on this fantastic journey to true health. Before we get started on what detoxification actually is, let's go through the disclaimer. I wanted to let you all know that the entire contents of this podcast and this show are based upon my opinion. I'm not a physician, I'm not a pharmacist, I'm not a licensed healthcare professional, and the information on this podcast is not intended as medical advice. It's also not intended to replace the care of a qualified healthcare professional, and it's also not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. So before we stop, we start talking about what detoxification is, let's talk about what toxicity is. We want to understand what is it that we're actually trying to undo. If you take the word detoxification, that that prefix D is referring to undoing something. It's sort of like, think about activate and deactivate. It means that you are taking away the activity of something when you're deactivating it. Same thing with toxicity. If you have Toxicity, detoxicity, detoxification is actually taking away the toxicity. So what is toxicity and how does it come? To give you a little bit of background in what I thought detoxification was all about, I thought it was the taking away the toxicity from people who were, well, drug addicts, people who were doing street drugs because detoxification and detoxification centers were all attributed to people who had to detoxify, people who were drug users, people who were full of toxicity and and they needed it. Little did I know, and I learned later on, that detoxification actually goes beyond detoxifying the body out of, you know, from street drug use. Toxins exist everywhere in our food, in our water, in our air, in our, all the things that we use in our household, you know, like Things like those scented candles or air fresheners, those are all things that we take in and even related to lifestyle. Toxicity actually can even be attributed to toxic thoughts, toxic emotions towards people that have done us wrong. Those are all toxicities and those are all things that affect our health. So toxins in the food, let's talk about toxins in the food. The food supply is so full of toxins. Why and how? Well, 
First and foremost, they're actually sprayed. As we all know, most foods are sprayed with pesticides, trying to keep away like the bugs and the pests that, that also are looking for food themselves. And everything on our planet was made for, well, everybody on the planet, including the bugs and including the animals. So of course, we're all looking to eat. These bugs are looking to eat and pesticides are sprayed to keep them away so that the crops of food are kept for us. However, this approach and this, this attempt to keep the pests away is actually affecting our health in such a negative way because these toxins, which are chemically based, are actually not recognized by the body. And what happens is when the body finds these toxins inside it through the food that we eat or through the, the drinks that we drink, it doesn't know what to do with the toxins. So what it does is it takes these toxins and it shoves them into our cells. And the cells look at them as unknown entities, don't know what to do with them. And sadly, these chemicals actually start to create damage to the cells. So that's from the food. The same thing happens with the drinks. If you look at water, the water supply, even though water is a great thing to have to drink because it hydrates us and cells also need to be hydrated. If you really think about it, there are things in our water supply that are actually very detrimental to our health. And one of the things are fluoride. Fluoride is actually a well-known carcinogen and I encourage you to do your research online to find out actually just how damaging fluoride is to our health, despite the fact that we are encouraged to have it in our water supply because supposedly it's good for the teeth. But what good is to take in something for something? So what good is it to drink water that has fluoride in it to benefit our teeth when we're actually causing damage to other structures in our body? Makes no sense, right? Same thing happens when we drink things that have toxins in them, such as, you know, the fake sugar and sweeteners, the, the synthetic stuff like aspartame and sweet and low and equal and all those things that are nothing more than than compounds chemical compounds that are taken into a lab and made to be something that we can take in because they have no calories but again what good is it to save on calories if you're going to be doing damage to other structures of your body to organs um, especially these these sweeteners artificial sweeteners are known excitotoxins and they're actually affecting our brains in more ways than one that's probably going to be another episode and we're going to talk in more depth about that particular food-like product that we call fake sugar. The same thing happens, as I mentioned, with regards to lifestyle. So if you're taking toxins in your lifestyle because you're smoking or vaping or other things that people are, are using, even street drugs that we were talking about earlier, the same thing, those create toxicity in the body just as well and the body looks to detoxify it, and we need to detoxify those out of our body. And the same thing happens with toxic emotions. So if you're surrounded by toxic people that, that lead you to have toxic negative thoughts or, or emotions, if somebody is constantly dragging you down and you resent them, that feeling of resentment is actually toxic. And as an aside, we all know, and we have all heard, and we have all learned, and and science has proved this countless of times, actually everything is energy. Thoughts are energy, emotions are energy. So to think that we are not going to be affected by 
by toxic negative thoughts and feelings and emotions is actually erroneous. Why? Because toxic thinking actually leads to sickness and ill health. How do I know? This is a great segue. I should also tell you that in 2011, I actually suffered a stroke. I was the epitome of health, if you really looked at me. I was going to the gym about six times a week. I was running. I was eating very clean. I, I paid a lot of attention not only to what I was eating, but also to how much I was eating. I didn't want to be fat. I didn't want to be sick. So I was doing all the things that I had been taught to think that were healthy for me. Or I can actually also say I had been brainwashed into thinking that were healthy for me. So the amount of stress that I was placing on myself alone by putting that pressure that I have to do this and I have to do that, those were all negative thoughts. Those were all negatively affecting me. And also the thoughts that I was thinking or the feelings that I had against certain people that had done me wrong in my life were also toxic, were also negative and detrimental to my health. I had no idea. So how did I get to a stroke, especially somebody who was running, somebody who was working out, somebody who was eating so clean and healthy? Well, I also had a lot of stress in my life. Like I was saying, I was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to make sure that I get everything done, trying to make sure that everything is perfect. And I was holding a lot of resentment towards the people that, well, the people that I thought had done me wrong. I took no responsibility for how I had created that environment and that to manifest in my life. And then in 2011, about six days before my birthday, it was actually on Thanksgiving, I suffered a stroke in my own home. I was actually going to the kitchen to have breakfast. I was in the house with my family and something just sort of popped or exploded inside my head. I had no idea what it was. I just knew that I had the worst possible headache ever known to anybody. The pain was so unbearable. I had no idea that what I had actually just suffered was a stroke. And imagine how perplexing it was and how shocked I was to think that somebody like myself, who was so healthy, who was putting so much energy and, and effort into her health, would suffer a stroke. But I did. The doctors were actually unable to identify exactly what it was that caused this stroke, especially because they had been taught and expected me to be somebody who would be overweight, who had cholesterol problems or diabetes or was obese or had some sort of a crappy diet full of salt and my blood pressure was high. None of that was the case for me. Actually, they ran all the tests known to mankind, all the tests known to medicine under the sun to figure out what exactly caused my stroke, and they were unable to give me an answer. So they put me through the treatment that, well, everybody goes through when they have a stroke, and it's a catch-all sort of approach. I was heavily medicated. Of course, all the tests that they ran to be able to identify exactly what happened were run, and uh, CAT scans and x-rays and Doppler and all kinds of other tests to be able to see deep inside my body what was actually happening and where was this this stroke coming from? What actually caused it and, and why was I having a stroke? I was young. I was in my 30s and nothing came back. They were unable to figure out exactly what happened this stroke. 
They were unable to identify what the cause of it is. They were unable to give me a concrete answer that I could walk away with and say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing that because I don't want to have another stroke. The only thing they told me is that I was actually very lucky to be alive and I am most grateful for the fact that I'm alive and, and healthy today because as we all know, and quite recently with the death of uh, actor Luke, Luke Perry, we know that stroke is the second leading cause of death in North America, actually globally, so excuse me for that, that's, that's, that's the wrong thing for me to say, it's the second leading of cause of death globally. So I am most grateful because I'm one of the lucky few that didn't actually end up dying and it was definitely a wake-up call for me. So as you can imagine, without having any answers from the allopathic medical community, I actually set on a journey to figure out what exactly is it that caused my stroke? I mean, what exactly causes a stroke in somebody who's healthy, somebody who's a gym goer, somebody who's investing health and energy into her into her health. And I realized that actually my diet, as clean as I had been led to believe it was, was actually not the ideal diet for me. Number one. And number two, my lifestyle, despite the fact that I thought was super healthy, I was a gym goer, was actually not that healthy for me. And there were a lot of things that I was using in my household, which were actually contributing to the detriment of my health and were not actually as clean, as healthy, and as beneficial as I had actually thought they were. So I set on forth to figure out what exactly was it that had contributed to my stroke from the diet side? What was contributed to my stroke from the lifestyle side, from the lifestyle side? And what exactly was it that I was drinking? Was it something that I was drinking? Was it something that I was inhaling? And of course, as we all know, there are things in our lives and in our daily routines and in our daily lifestyle that are in fact toxic to us. And these are things we can't help. So what I found out is that I was actually quite toxic on many levels. My diet, as clean as it was, was actually not conducive to my health. I was eating a lot, a lot of protein. The fact that I was going to the gym lifting very heavy weights, trying to constantly grow my muscle because I wanted to be thin, of course. And we are all conditioned to think that being thin is of the utmost importance. And I'm not saying it isn't because it is. Uh, excess weight actually leads to a host of problems, joint-related uh, toxicity, obesity, um, cancer, diabetes, and so on. So being thin was an important thing to me because I associated being thin with being healthy, which typically it is, but a clean, thin body is healthy, not a clean, toxic body. And let me go deeper into that just so that I can give you a clear understanding of why exactly I was toxic. I was consuming so much animal protein in my efforts to put on muscle because I wanted to have as much muscle that would keep me lean because muscle actually burns a lot of calorie even while it rests a lot of calories, so it increases the metabolism, and I wanted to make sure that I stayed at that higher metabolic rate even while at rest so that I can actually maintain my, my thin body and my healthy body, which I thought is what it was. My diet was also lacking a lot of what we actually need. I was eating very little fruit because that whole myth of fruit equals sugar had been so far embedded into my brain and I had accepted that as being true 
that I was shunning all kinds of fruit. I had maybe a little tiny bit of fruit once a day, if that. Um, and of course, it was because my fear of sugar and sugar is identified as being something that feeds cancer cells, which it does. Um, and also something that makes you fat, which it does. However, not all sugar is equal. And we'll touch on that in another episode. But to go back to my story, that's exactly what I was fearing. So I wasn't eating fruit at all. Very little vegetable intake as well. And when I was taking in vegetables, they were always cooked and exposed to so much heat that I was actually probably killing all the nutrients out of it. That's usually what happens when we when we pasteurize and we cook our foods or we cook the crap out of our foods or microwave it, which I was doing on a regular basis as well. So my food intake was actually lacking all I needed to be healthy. However, I was led to believe that what I was doing is actually healthy. It wasn't. Same thing goes for my drinking. I was actually taking in a lot of coffee. I was severely dehydrated. However, the coffee was actually helping me by keeping my hunger at bay. So as you all know, as soon as you start drinking coffee, your appetite actually gets shut down. So that was actually one of the things I was using as a means of keeping my appetite um, suppressed. And as some of you know, those of you that work out, you know that when you work out, actually your appetite increases. Your body is looking for additional energy because it expends so much of it. But in order to stay thin, I was suppressing my appetite with the use of caffeine. And I did a lot of that. I was drinking probably about four cups of coffee a day. And by four cups of coffee, well, I'm not talking cup in the true sense of the measuring, but I was talking about mugs, which were in excess of what a cup actually measures. So four cups of coffee a day, which oftentimes had many things in it, like a little bit of, uh, of honey. And uh, I would also put in sometimes some, some fat, some creamer. And oftentimes I would actually add in extra caffeine by adding cocoa powder uh, or espresso to make sure that it gives me that extra boost. And it actually helped my performance at the gym. However, I was unaware of how much damage I was doing to my adrenal glands by taking in so much coffee. So lack of water. And when I was drinking water, I was actually drinking water from the tap, which is full of toxins itself. Clearly, as I had uh, mentioned earlier, the fluoride in water is a known carcinogen and known toxin. So both my, my, my food intake and my liquid intake were full of toxins. Unbeknownst to me, those were actually doing lots of damage to my body internally. But in my head and in my, in my brain, I was doing my body a lot of good and I was actually quite healthy. Another thing that was actually quite detrimental and a huge contributing factor to my stroke was actually my lifestyle. So while my lifestyle wasn't bad per se, I was actually full of uh, anxieties and stresses and a lot of um, misdirected negative emotions and thoughts. I was actually carrying a lot of negativity inside of me that was uh, towards people that had done me wrong, towards people that had hurt me, towards people that were um, negative, in my opinion, in my life. So I was holding so much negativity that these thoughts, this, these stresses, in addition to, of course, the stresses that we can't control, like traffic, which I was stuck in every day myself on my commute to work, were also actually a huge contributing factors towards 
ill health and disease. And as an aside, I wanted to also make sure that we all know when I say disease, I'm not referring to an actual illness, but it's dis-ease is when you actually take body out of the ease state. So when it's not in ease state, it's actually dis-ease. So that's actually the true definition of disease when the body is not in its ease state. So all of my toxic thoughts, all of my toxic emotions were actually detrimental to me. They were doing so much damage at cellular level. Of course, again, unbeknownst to me because I hadn't studied any of this. I was unaware of how much damage all of that was doing. The anger that I had held towards people that had done me wrong were actually slowly, slowly eroding away at my health on the inside and of course when the stroke came and they didn't know what was wrong with me and all the tests the physical tests of course because that's all they test for came back with no results that were you know attributed to to my stroke and um the one thing that one of the doctors that actually took care of me when i was in the hospital said to me is that it's probably stress and true to the fact yes of course and that was a little bit of an aha moment for me. I was quite stressed, uh, not only with work, but also with the commute. And also within my personal life, there were many hardships, many people that I was mad at and angry at. And I, I had internalized that anger and I was so unwilling to let go of, of these emotional negative energies that um, they clearly led to my stroke. So I walked away with that diagnosis that my my stroke had been caused by stress and that they were unable to find anything physically. Now, to talk about the physical tests that they ran and I'm grateful for the fact that they did all they did and I was able to get a visual of the, the area of my brain that was affected by my stroke. And it's actually really great when you're able to visually see exactly what had taken place inside your body because it, it, it is a, an eye-opener. It is a, a, a huge aha uh, when you're able to see how something inside of you has been damaged to the point where it's no longer able to work the way it's designed to work. So I took that diagnosis, I walked away with it, and I know that during my stay at the hospital, I had gone through so much medication that, um, of course, when I walked away from the hospital, I was sure that all they had done for me was a path to my cure, and that I would, I would be able to get back to my life, and I would be able to resume my daily activities and that they had cured me and that since I didn't have anything to worry about as far as my weight, as far as my blood pressure, I walked away thinking, okay, so now I'm done, I'm back to life and everything's great. But nothing could have been further from the truth. I was actually quite highly toxic, especially as far as my, my negativity, my thinking, my emotions. I went right back to my to my habits and I went right back to my routines of being quite stressed in traffic. And within about three months, back in the hospital, I went with another scare. Um, same symptoms that had actually manifested prior to my first stroke were actually manifesting again. So clearly the doctors were very concerned, and so were the people at my work, that I was actually on my way to stroke number two, which the doctors had told me would kill me without any doubt, because my brain had already been affected and I was actually already lucky to be alive. So of course it made, it stopped me dead in my tracks, as you can imagine. And I started thinking, okay, so what is it that I am doing that is causing me 
to get right back on the same stroke bandwagon that I had been up until now. So of course I, I started to look into the whole stress part and I decided that I'm going to address my stress and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I don't end up dead and that I don't end up with another stroke. And more than anything, I think more than death itself, I was most afraid of becoming a vegetable and having to have my family take care of me. And to be honest with you, that's actually being kept artificially alive where you're not able to enjoy life in its in its entirety to the fullest. And you're not able to do the things that the body is designed to do, to walk, to run, to... Um, to enjoy a quality of life that we are meant to have was actually no living for me. So I thought, I definitely don't want to end up there. So what can I do now to make sure that I turn the clock back and I'm able to regain my health and my ability to do things exactly the way that I want to? So I started researching how stress affects strokes and how I can actually take care of take care of the stress that I had in my life. And as you can imagine, and I'm sure you all know, there are so, so many things on stress out there. My dig digging deeper actually led me to see how stress on an energetic level is actually so, so damaging to the cells internally. So at cellular level, stress is actually doing so much damage, more so than the physical things that we do. So I decided that I'm going to detoxify and that's exactly what I had come across that I'm going to detoxify my negative thoughts and I'm going to adopt a better attitude about life and I'm going to view things and people in a new light and I'm going to eliminate all the toxic negative thoughts and all the toxic negative emotions that I held towards people and that I was going to get better and on this path as I was researching I actually came to see of course through going deeper into certain articles and going deeper into certain things and talking to other people that my diet was actually not as great as I had thought. Even though when I was in the hospital, no doctor, no nurse, nobody, no medical professional, no healthcare professional actually even touched on me looking at what I'm doing nutritionally to see if there was anything there that had actually affected me and my health that would lead me to a stroke. So as I'm going through my research, I actually came to see that my nutritional habits were very, very, very far from me being healthy and that what I was taking in was actually doing more damage than good and that the excess animal protein that I was taking in was actually not as great for me as I had thought it was. And I came to also realize that having muscle or being thin was not as important as all of a sudden it wasn't as important as it had once been because all of a sudden I was more afraid of losing my life than being thin. So I decided that I'm going to tweak my diet. So what I did is I signed up for nutrition school, which is why I'm a holistic nutritionist. And boy, did my eyes get open. I had no idea that even the way that I was mixing my foods, my food combining was actually so damaging to my body. As an aside, for example, after my workouts, I used to sit and eat meat and potatoes so that I can get in my carbs and I can get in my protein. However, I had no idea that from a digestive perspective, the digestive system is actually so 
not damaged, but it's actually put under a lot of stress when we eat meat and potatoes together because the digestive juices and the digestive enzymes that are necessary to digest those two nutrients, the carbohydrates and the proteins, actually cancel each other out. And that's what was causing me so much bloating and so much digestive distress. That was something I had no idea. And I had thought that, well, I'm just not well when I used to eat it after my workouts or even before my workouts. And then once I started studying nutrition, I came to realize that the way I was eating was actually not that great. I also came to realize that I was lacking a lot of the nutrients that are found in our beautiful plants. I was taking in very little um, very little fruit, like I was saying earlier, and very little um, vegetable. And the vegetables that I was actually eating were no more than potatoes, yams. Very seldom I would have some broccoli and some asparagus that was always cooked. And I never took in anything that was raw where all the energy was. I was actually destroying the energy of the food by cooking it. And I had no idea that it actually takes the body so much more to digest those cooked foods than if you take in the foods raw. Raw fruits and raw vegetables contain their own digestive enzymes that actually help the digestion process. And that's why it's so easy to digest fruits and vegetables and you're hungry again after you have a fruit because it's so easily digested. Well, I didn't know any of that before I went to school, but that... Um, that program that I did on holistic nutrition was actually so beneficial to me because I came to see how much damage I had actually done to my body, even though I thought I was like the epitome of health. I also learned that the caffeine intake, my daily caffeine intake was actually damaging my adrenal glands in such a huge way that I had to rethink what I was doing, even though, of course, I was addicted and caffeine is one of the most addictive thing and things. And that's why the population can actually not even function without the stimulation of caffeine. And I was one of those people too. I could not actually start my day without my coffee. I was grumpy. I wasn't even fully awake. And I couldn't even get my workouts done without my, my caffeine. And so there were different times I had actually habitually started. My first thing that would enter my mouth in the morning was coffee, not even water to rehydrate. I would have a coffee again once I got to the office. I would have a coffee again at 2 o'clock when I would hit the brick wall, as everybody does at around 2 to 3 p.m., when you actually need another jolt so that I can get awakened. And then I would have another cup around 4 o'clock before my trip to the gym so that I can get that jolt to get me through the workout. And then I would come home and I would have mostly water because I had to make sure that I made that 2-liter um, water intake, which obviously I knew was the healthy thing to do. It still is. Um, and I would rush to, to drink a whole two liters of water between, you know, four, five, six p.m. and uh, my bedtime, which was almost impossible to do most of the time. So I was highly, highly dehydrated. My cells were actually so starved of water and had so much toxic chemicals in them that that's why I ended up with a stroke. And of course, the negative emotions that I had. Um, acquired my throughout my life and was so used to feeling that they were my comfort zone, my negative outlook on life and how people are doing me wrong and how unfair everything is and how um, I'm angry at people and I can't forgive them because how could they do that to me was actually uh, one of the biggest ahas and I was freed from, from 
most of my ailments as soon as I was actually I started on that path to letting go of the negative emotions and forgave all the people that had actually done me wrong and hurt me. I had to actually do a lot of work in that domain more than anything else by taking a journey inwards to realize that we actually all contribute to our negative um, manifestations in our lives. Whenever we have any negative circumstances come into our lives, it's actually of our own doing. We have actually created those circumstances. We have actually asked for those circumstances to come into our lives. And we do that through our thoughts. We do that through our actions. And I am fully guilty of having attracted those things into my life because of the way that I felt about certain people and because I was unwilling to let go of things and I was unwilling to forgive people. So that was actually the biggest thing that had freed me and put me on my path to health. So on, I embarked on my journey of detoxification, having come to realize that my diet was actually so wrong for me and for my health. And what I was drinking was actually so detrimental to, to my cells and my health and how dehydrated I was and how my organs were crying for, for being hydrated and treated with tender, loving care, as well as my, my attitude and my outlook on life and my interaction with people. I embarked on a journey where detoxification was the number one thing. I was actually blessed by my best friend who introduced me to detoxification and the lovely Dr. Morse, who had actually helped me understand how the body works and how negative emotions affect us and how we actually have to approach detoxification, not just on a physical level, but also on an emotional and spiritual level. And that it takes so much more than just changing your diet to achieve true, true health. So I'm grateful and thankful for all the information that's made available. And I'm here to also share this information with you. And I leave you with these thoughts. If you want to have health, if you want to be healthy, if you want to feel vibrant and alive, and you want to have optimal health, I invite you all to take the first step in starting your journey inwards and looking at the thought patterns that you have, looking at the way that you view the world, looking at the emotions that you're holding on to that no longer serve you. And on a physical level, I invite you to have one piece of fruit a day. It's actually the best thing that you can do for your body. Fruits are so much our friends that I think is most people are unaware of it because they are demonized because they have sugar. But the natural sugar in fruit is actually not the type that increases the blood sugar. So it doesn't spike the insulin in, it doesn't spike the blood sugar and it doesn't require the insulin that other sugars actually do. And I promise to have an episode on this so that we can delve deeper into exactly what sugar is and how it works at cellular level and why it's important that we, we eat fruits more than anything. Fruits are also full of minerals and lots of vitamins. Think of an apple. It has hundreds of nutrients that the body needs and looks for so that it can actually work optimally, so that it can function at 100%. So I invite you to have fruit first thing in the morning. And if you already do, then maybe increase your intake to two to three fruits a day. 
try to eat local as much as possible so that the fruits are actually ripe and they're not on a truck traveling thousands of miles to get to your local store, to the grocery store. And try to eat organic as much as you can. And I promise to have a podcast also on how to choose your fruits and vegetables because they don't always have to be organic. There are some that are actually safer consumed in their conventional state. But for the most part, fruits and vegetables should always have uh, should also always be consumed organic. So I invite you to consume organic fruits two to three a day if you're not already taking in one, but at a bare minimal one. And I also invite you to make sure that you make a salad part of your daily intake, part of your nutritional daily intake. A salad that is raw and full of a variety of different vegetables put together. And continue with your diet, with the rest of your diet exactly as is. But make these little changes and you will notice a huge improvement in how you feel. And also remember to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Make sure you get yourself a nice water filtration system and I'm not talking about the ones that sit in your fridge but a one one that removes the fluoride out of your water and as many of the viruses and toxins that we could find in water and remember the bottled water is not regulated so don't rely on bottled water to be clean but it's important to hydrate so water is important to take in and I recommend that you take in about two liters a day to make sure that you offset all the other things that we do and take into our diet that actually dehydrate us. On that note, I thank you so much for joining me today once again. I thank you for joining me on this fantastic journey into vitality. I wish you all a great day, a great week. And remember, detoxification is the only path to true health. If you want to connect with me, make sure you visit my website, thedetoxificationdoctor.com or connect with me on Instagram at thedetoxdoctor and that's the.detox.doctor and on LinkedIn at Simone Gisondi. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week where we're going to be talking again about detoxification and how you can get started.